Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my buddy Matt all the way from Calgary. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, man. Good to be here. You staying safe and everything? Oh, yeah. Good, good, good. So anyway, so today we are going to talk about this beauty right here. Mm -hmm. the, the debut album. Truly an underrated album. Obviously, John hates it. But us... <laughs> the diehard fans, we truly love this album very much. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about it today. Obviously, it was the debut album, first album released on January 21st, 1984. Uh, so to kind of give an overview about how the band came together, uh, John had a single called Runaway. And uh, he took it to a, a DJ station, WAPP, and... Uh, begged him to play this there was no secretary um so he was able to go on right into the dj by luck and the dj played it and they put on a homegrown record uh for wapp and it became this huge hit and john didn't have a band yet and so quickly he got a, a record deal and he had to find a band and you know he got the whole band together and so the band is actually signed under him so that's kind of unique. Um, so the album was produced by uh, Tony Bongiovi, who worked at the power station where John worked, and Lance Quinn. Uh, it was recorded at Avatar Studios in New York City. And it's actually the shortest album in the band's history. There's only nine songs on here. Um, as I said, John hates it. We love it. Um, the album cover. It is so weird. I, I think this is probably like the weird. It, it, it's cool and it works, but it's so weird because it makes no sense. You know, John's in the middle of the street, and then you had this random lady just standing there in the street. Yeah, it's. And then the whole band doesn't even get to be on the cover. They're they're on the back. Oh, there they are. Yeah, I I think this would have been a really cool uh, album cover too. This right here. Yeah, they they look like a death metal band in that picture. I gotta admit, like look at all the yeah, sunglasses they're wearing. That's true. So, but I mean, this is definitely Bon Jovi today. John on the cover, and then the the band somewhere else. Right. You know, but it is what it is. Um, so overall, what do you? What's your take on the album overall? Ah, uh, you know what? It, it's one that I definitely. Um, I don't listen. Okay, so it's one. Of, okay, my relationship with this album is that when I first listened to this uh, album, like ten years ago, the songs I loved back then, I don't like now, and the songs I didn't like back then, I like now. It's really weird. Except Runaway, yeah. Runaway has been consistent throughout. I've I've always loved that song. Isn't it funny how songs grow on you over time? Yeah. I always, I was, there's, there's a lot, like, these days album is a perfect example, not to tear away from the debut album here, but when I was a kid, I got these days, I couldn't relate to the album, I thought it was a lot of sadness and depression, and just, it wasn't fun, something for the pain was a fun song, but other than that, I couldn't get into it as a kid, I became an adult, and I could actually relate to the whole album, so it's amazing how songs can kind of grow on you, even, yeah. even just something you like and don't like, you know? Mm. But what I love about this album, obviously the band was trying to find their sound. 
And uh, so there's a lot of different kind of sounds in here and techniques that they do. Uh, I, I really like the band's backup vocals as well on this album, especially in the choruses. There's a lot of backup vocals, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Richie, I think the one true play, the two players that really shine on this album are Richie and David. Mm-hmm. You know, Richie is very guitar driven on this album and you get a lot of loud, heavier guitar. You know, back in 1984, nowadays it's probably considered soft rock, but back in the 80s, this would have been considered hard rock. I think the guitar really added that hard rock sound to the band. Mm-hmm. Although, don't sell it short. Like, this stuff is pretty heavy compared to, like, a lot of the pop rock bands that are out these days. Like, this will, like, there's some songs I hear that are almost metal, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I think David also shines, too. You know, the way he plays on piano, and I'll talk about the songs in a little bit, but I think David really kind of shines. And you have to think, too, in 1984, there weren't a lot of bands that were doing piano and keys you know maybe like uh, like molly crew with home sweet home mm-hmm. had piano but no one in the band really played piano it was always a lot of those 80s bands it was two guitars a bass drums and a singer you know you really didn't have that piano drum or piano and keys so it was kind of interesting to see a new band come in with that and i think that's what kind of really helped maybe push them through because they were a little different mm-hmm. uh, Let's talk about the Runaway Tour. So obviously, at this time, they were still an opening act. Uh, they opened up for ZZ Top, Kiss, and the Scorpions. I think that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from April to November of 84. Uh, I, I think the video somewhere on, on uh, YouTube. I've seen it a while ago. But the Madison Square Garden show. Did you see that? I was the audio is crap, but you can hear that story that Richie tells in a 2009 interview where he talks about how his thing blew up. And then everyone's yep. like, easy, top. Yeah, you can hear the crowd. Yeah. Up. So for people that don't know, this, the story is that their first show at Madison Square Garden, which is this massive arena in New York City, one of the well-known arena, Ben got on stage, Richie's guitar wasn't working, and I think the amp blew, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. And so John gave Richie his guitar and amp, and John just sang. I think they started a song acoustic, and then they got into the the regiment of the actual song. Right. That was kind of cool. So how about we dig into the, the, the songs? Let's do it. All right, first one's obviously Runaway. It's the very first single, and I explained the story behind it earlier. Released in February of 1984. I think the date was the 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere in February of 1984. Mm-hmm. It was written by John and uh, George Karak. I think that's name, K-A-R-A-K. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a song that was on the WAPP. Uh, and then a lot of people don't realize this. Hugh not only did a lot on the debut album, but he did a lot on every every album. Mm-hmm. Alec wasn't quick enough to kind of get bass going and ideas and stuff. So Hugh actually wrote and recorded some of the bass, and uh, Runaway was one of them. And uh, I, I think the I think what shines for me on this song is the piano, the intro. The you know, I think that's what kind of uh, shines for me on this song. Um, other otherwise. I don't really see the hype with it, me personally. 
Mm, I, well, it's very catchy, although I will admit I like the live version better, specifically the live version on the One Wild Night record. I feel the keys are better sounding on that. I hate the keys on the record versus yeah. the, the tone of the keys on the One Wild Night uh, album. Yeah. I think that recording was from like 85. Yeah, 85 on Simi and yeah. Yeah. I like the version on, um, they did it during the Crush tour when it was just John and David and they did it acoustic, you know, like very nice and slow. Yeah. You, you can see it on the Crush tour DVD. Mm -hmm. the way that they did that um so but i mean it, it's not a bad song it's good um yeah i can it's definitely a good first singer i think it was the good it was a good song to get them started mm -hmm. but i think it's overrated in a way it's a oh, great yeah. song but oh you know i'm more into the the deep track so maybe that's oh, where yeah. i'm coming but I, I think this this uh whole song is you know it's about obviously it's about society and you know trying to escape the social norm and tired of not being heard, you know, mm -hmm. essentially being an outcast. And I think I think the music video kind of explains, you know, like this teenage girl who is an outcast and she doesn't want to fall into society's mm -hmm. ways. And yeah, but the music video was probably one of the cheesiest videos from the 80s, yeah, especially well, in the band's career. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, and, and the girl shoots fire out of her eyes. This could be like an X Men spinoff or something. But um, yeah, even John has commented in videos about how cheesy that is. I think that was a director's daughter, the director's daughter in that video. Um, so, and but what what I did like about the video though, before let me back up. The way the band looked, they looked so cheesy and so. John was wearing these tight purple. Eighties at work, but you know, mm -hmm. like they looked so weird, you know, and uh, but you could tell how hungry they were for success. You know, I think they were still trying to find the way that their stature was, the way they played, the way they stood, and you you can sense that in the video. Yeah, and John doesn't have his white microphone stand yet. Exactly. Yes. 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 Uh, my favorite line of the song is a different line every night, guaranteed to blow your mind. I see you out on the street. Call me for a wild time. Yeah, that one's my favorite too. Yeah, great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else I like about this song and the way that they've done it live lately, like on the last tour, was when you like like John's like take me back to 2005. No, take me back to 2000. No, yeah, take yeah. me time machine. Yeah. Take me back to 1984, and then all of a sudden David starts playing those mm -hmm. keys. The keys, yep. it, like I said, the keys is the best part of the song. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And like I said, you didn't really have any a lot of songs that were piano and key driven, especially as an intro to a rock song. You know, so that mm -hmm. was kind of, I think, what stood out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Definitely, it definitely got everybody hungry for more Bon Jovi, probably, especially like in Japan and stuff. I know exactly. They, yeah. They, I, I think they broke big at first, and you know, it's weird. A lot of bands back then broke out in the eighty or broke out in Japan before anywhere else. Kiss, Bon Jovi, uh, Cheap Trick. Everyone like got big and like Japan like had has good taste. Yeah. You know, it took America forever to get into a band. And now the opposite's happening now. I mean, I could tell you about a lot of my friends are listening to a lot of Japanese and Korean music these days, right? So. Mm -hmm. 
Well, what's that that boy band that's from Japan? Uh, BST, BDS. I think so. I'm not. I'm not familiar with the bands, unfortunately. But it's like a pop j- Japanese band. It has like three letters. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so next track is Roulette. Uh, it was written by John and Richie. This one's actually my favorite song on the album. Same. Not kidding. I know. I, I know. It sounds like I'm just lying. No, I'm not kidding. This is my favorite one. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, it was written by John and Richie. Um, what I, I think that one of the best parts of the song is the way that the intro starts. It, it kind of like fades in, and then you have that on guitar, and then. John starts to sing a little bit. Um, I, I'm I'm singing "Shot Through the Heart" actually in my head. So yeah, I was back. gonna say that they read for roulettes like "Dan and yeah. "Shot Through the Heart" my second favorite. So I, I was right. playing that. In my, so back to roulette. Back to roulette. Still, I, I love the intro uh, to the guitar mm-hmm. in, in the song, and in the background though, because I think that's Tico when it's like one, two, three, four. Da, 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 I thought that was John. Know? I thought that was John saying it, but I guess it would be Tico. It I could just know be Tico having a deep voice, you know. It could be John. I could be wrong. I thought it was Tico for some because usually it's him. But yeah. You might be right. It might be John. Now that I'm thinking of it, it does kind of sound like John. Yeah. I was um, expecting Tico to sound like he did on Burning in the beginning of the Burning Bridges song, where he's like one, two, three, you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're probably right. It probably is John. Could even be Richie. It's it's so faded out. It's hard to tell. I think it's probably John or Richie. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'll let you talk about the song and I'll go into it. Yeah, sure. So I this is a song that I didn't really pick up on when I first heard the record back in 2010. It wasn't until about 2013 because I remember when um, I saw Bon Jovi twice on that tour on the What About Now tour, and um, I saw him in February and he was playing some older stuff like Wild Is the Wind. So I was like, like okay, yeah. I'm dive into their older stuff. So I started diving into the, the like the first album again, and I I remember listening to Roulette and I'm like, how did I miss this song? This is bloody amazing. Like I must have heard it once. It was like, oh, you know, whatever. But the, I was it was just like I like it was like a gem on my phone. Like I didn't even know it was there, and I was like, this is yeah. uh, this is a bloody amazing tune. And then I did some more research and looked at like their Circle Tour stats. They played it in uh, Hawaii, and I'm like, and now, now these days I'm like, John, please. The thing is, and you, you start at like the right time. So the circle tour, before the circle tour started, I remember, do you remember MySpace? Oh, I was too young for MySpace. I was like, okay. I didn't get Facebook until high school and that was in 2010. And that was like around that time, MySpace was kind of like, you know. It might've even been Facebook. But so back in 2009, the band had posted what's, what deep tracks would be want on a tour and john's notorious for not ever playing anything from the first two albums except right. runaway yeah so they made the announcement that john was going to do stuff from the first two albums based on what songs everyone wanted to hear mm-hmm. and roulette was one of them get ready um shot through the heart i believe yep. and then a few from 7800 yeah tokyo it road was, tokyo road it was very short-lived. I think it only lasted like the first three weeks of the tour, and then John stopped doing all of them. Which is a shame because, like you said, Roulette is so badass, and it's so fucking good. Oh, and absolutely. it's a shame that it's just like a forgotten song. 
Yeah, I, I, it's a good thing John and I aren't like friends or not. I mean, I met him once uh, at a Runaway Tours, but I, I could imagine me arguing with him about which of his songs are good and which ones are because like he like he, my, my favorite's the circle and did you see his review of the circle recently uh, last yeah. year the pandemic he's like oh half of these songs aren't that good no more i'm like are you kidding me yeah <laughs> no. the thing is i i think sometimes john can be his own worst critic yeah, you know for true. example look at look at living on a prayer yeah he almost ditched that song that song may may have never been released and you know thanks to richie it got released but Edge of a Broken Heart is the same thing. Look, that was an outtake. I think that would have been a massive hit. Massive. I, 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 if I could replace it with anything on Slippery, I, I think I'd probably... Mm, I probably... Okay, this is going to be a very unpopular opinion. I'm not a big Never Say Goodbye fan. So I might... Really? Probably, yeah. I'm, no, no, no. Social Disease. No, I like... Yeah. Get, no, get rid of Social Disease. Yeah. The social... We're streaming away, but... Social Disease was such a weird song, and with how massive Slipping When Wet is, yeah, it's weird to have Social Disease. Social Disease should have been an outtake. It's a good song, but it's not anything serious, or you know, yeah. it's nothing I listen to. But, I usually skip it if I'm listening to Slippery. I'll just hit skip, go right. Yeah. To uh, so anyway, so I think the meaning behind this song is that it's pretty much just like a classic up uppity love song you know all about love being a game loves a triangle you know yep. you one big circle per se but <laughs> when i got this album as a kid i was eight years old when i got this album and it's still my favorite lyric of the album mm-hmm. bed black comes in red crimes of passion roll my head i need you you want him just to kill we live in sin yeah you know so that whole that's what i'm saying about the whole love triangle thing you know mm-hmm. i I, I need you, you want him. Yep. You know? And so I think it's just about, you know, love being a game. It's a cat and mouse kind of thing. And yeah. Um, and like like we were talking about earlier, the Circle Tour, this was amazing live. And I'm this is probably the one song that I would choose between the first two albums for them to play because it sounded so good live. Yeah. Not only that, I could tell Richie loves playing a lot of these songs. Like when you watch those videos, he's really into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I really think, I think Richie truly loves these first two albums because mm. it's very guitar-driven compared oh, yeah. to the rest of the catalog. Mm-hmm. All right, next track. Uh, she Don't Know Me, which was the second single released on May 22nd of 1984. Mm-hmm. This, this is the only song of the, whole, the entire band's catalog this is the only song that is not written by John that's on a Bon Jovi album. Mm-hmm. I believe it's written by Mark F. Sack. Let me, let me double check that. Yeah. Yep, Mark F. Sack. Uh, so I, I really like Tico's intro to this, that da 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 you know, with the guitar coming in. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I don't think I would have chosen this to be a single, though. It's it's actually this one's actually one of my least favorite Bon Jovi songs of all time. Actually, oh I'm really? Lucky he didn't write it. it. This is like one of those ones I'll skip. Although yeah, yeah. I, I like the song. I think it's decent, but I would have picked it as a single. You know, we're talking about how cheesy the Runaway video was. This was extra cheesy. Oh, the video! Just, oh god! It made oh. no freaking sense. You know, like 
I, I still don't understand the whole twin thing. And yeah, I, I don't. I just it, it, John in the interviews has even made fun of the video. It, it makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Like just the way that he was walking, like in the second verse. I'm sure the girls loved it, but like, why yeah. is he? shirtless at 10 o'clock at night and this girl's like here there there yeah. you know they could be watching. mosquitoes out for goodness sakes <laughs> yeah exactly. it just made no sense but hey it's, it's, it, yeah not a good like, way look, to represent, no, go ahead it's not a good way to represent the band that's that's for sure you know right i just remember but, that cheesy uh, thing at the end where he like looks at the camera like like at the end when he sees the girl walking oh, yeah. by and I, was, I remember watching that i'm just like <laughs> yeah, it's so cheesy. And then like the like the gun thing at the end, she's like like this, at, you know, at the end when he comes out of the bar, and she's like ho like holding like a gun or something. I think it's that's like, the it's right. been a while. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's just anyway. So I think this whole you know obviously John didn't write it, but it's you know I think it's something that John would write. You know, I think it's all about not being noticed by someone that you like and no matter how hard you try you're, you're pretty much invisible to them it's kind of like liking a girl in school and she she doesn't notice you that kind of thing yeah. you know simple that yeah it worked yeah we can all relate i suppose yeah yeah i think the second greatest thing about this song though is the band's vocals in the chorus you know especially the way dave vocal, yeah what's that i said they have great backing vocals on this song i'll give it that yeah do you? Oh, you don't like the song, so you probably don't have a favorite lyric. Mm, I'll tell you what. I like that it sounds a bit like "Only Lonely." It does, doesn't it? It's the same yeah. notes, just faster. Yeah. Yeah. I like the "I Dream of When She'll Be Mine." I dream of crossing that line and holding her so tender. Although I, I think the whole line and holding her so tender, I think that's so weird. Like, can you imagine going up to a girl and saying, "Hey, I want to hold you tender." Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's, um. Today's yeah. standards, you don't say that. That's, yeah. that's weird. I want to hold you so tender. Yeah. In John's defense, he didn't write the song, so. Yeah, that's, that, that, yeah, that's why I give him, I give him like a free pass on this one. <laughs> yeah. All right, next track, Shot Through the Heart, uh, which is written by John and Jack Ponte. Uh, this, obviously, this is what I was talking about earlier, that slow faded intro. Yep. And then they, you know, and then John starts to come in solo wise, you know, vocally. And then, you know, uh, what's the what's the first line of it again? Would you be content to see me crying? You know, eventually as it moves on, you, you get the guitar and the drums. Mm -hmm. and, you know. So yeah. I like that. And the piano and the verses. I, I think the piano is something I really like listening to when I listen to the song, like uh, in the verses. Right, right, yeah. Uh, overall, what's, what's, what do you like about this song? This is one of the first songs I listened to, or like consistently when I first tried out the album. Um, yeah, this is the, yeah, I like this one. It's, uh, I like when it gets pretty upbeat. Um, actually, this is a song I like to like screw around with my friends with who don't know Bon Jovi that much. When they go, "Hey, Matt, play Shot Through the Heart," but they want me to play Bad Name, I go, "Okay, I'll play this one." They're like, "This isn't the one," and I'm like, "What you said? I'm just saying." <laughs> you know, I absolutely hate that. Yeah, and uh, you know, because I I grew up like that in high school, and people would be like, 
I like the shot through the heart song. I'm like, okay, so you, so you're not, you're like, you know, a deep track. They go, no, I always hear it on the radio. I'm like, oh, you're, you're, you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always hated that double standard. Um, right. I like yeah. on, uh, on Twitter. I don't. Do you follow me on Twitter? Uh, no, I just on uh, Instagram. Instagram. So on Twitter, I do these Bon Jovi pulls every day. I've been doing it for the last year and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so you know, I'll do. Um, what song do you like more? And so when I was doing the debut album, I had like Runaway up against Shot Through the Heart, and like I had put in, like big letters. This is from the debut album, not you go love a bad name. People mm-hmm. still thought, yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah, all the, but, all the all the newbie fans. Yeah, um, I think the songs, you know, just pretty much like being heartbroken. Mm-hmm. That's how I interpret it. Um, you know, it's. I mean, honestly, it is kind of like a prelude to you go love a bad name. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. along that line. Yeah. Um, my, I like the line, didn't somebody somebody or didn't somebody somewhere say you're gonna take the fall? You're heading for a fall. I gave you everything and now here's the curtain call. hmm You know? Cool. So Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next one, Love Lies, which was written by John and David Bryant. So a lot of people don't realize that David I'm pretty sure I'm talking about it. Yeah. That David wrote on this song too and he was under the name da- david rashbaum yeah yeah he probably changed his name before mm-hmm. during 700 uh, what's your take on the song uh this is this one has the best intro on the entire album in my opinion that piano intro is amazing yeah that's this is probably i wouldn't say i don't like it i do but it's probably my least favorite other than the piano, I really love the piano in, okay. in the beginning. Um, I, the band's vocals in the chorus too is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, way, the way that John kind of screams too is mm-hmm. good. Yeah, a lot of high notes on this one, kind of like at the end of Runaway. And I think this is probably one of Richie's best guitar solos on this album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it's very well uh, put together, quite emotional. Yeah, um, I think I think the song is all. I think it's just another, obviously a heartbreak song. You know, all about <laughs> love, lo- obviously love lies and yeah. You know, I take back for this being my least favorite. Now that I'm thinking of it, I, I think uh, I, I enjoy. I like the line showed you my heart, left it unguarded, like mm-hmm. a thief in the stole it away I, I think those are pretty cool cool lyrics yeah my favorite lyric is uh now you're gone the pain goes on and on and uh the, well, i forgot the one it's something something through the shadows of the night but i forgot the words my bad <laughs> let's see here i got the wrong song now you're gone the pain goes on and on i still hear you whispering to me through the shadows of the night yeah, that yeah. Yeah. And then it kicks really? in the, the, the chorus and that chorus is just like goddamn. <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is Breakout, which is actually written by John and David again, I believe. Uh yeah. I actually did not know about that one. I knew I knew David wrote Love Lies. I didn't know about Breakout. No, there's two. I, I knew that I thought there was two of them. Yeah, Love Lies and Breakout. Him mm-hmm. and David uh, John David wrote. Um, 
as a kid, this part always scared me because it starts out with break out, you know, yeah. and it's like it makes you jump, especially yeah. the way that that love lies kind of ends. It kind of fades out, you mm-hmm. know, it goes break out, you know, break out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that always scared me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Still scared. Me right. But I think that the piano, the drum intro with the whoa, 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 whoa you know, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I actually to your comment about it scaring you. I so sometimes when I, when I used to work at a restaurant in the kitchen, we would have like the speaker, and I have my playlist right, uh, which is usually just a mix of everything I listen to. And I kid you not, like I was playing, it was on shuffle, and Cardigan was on by Taylor Swift. You know that's a pretty somber, very quiet song, right? And then the next song was Breakout, and like people were like, oh, you know, they startled. Yeah, jumped out of your seats. Yeah. I, I think John John's vocals have a real drive in this song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I honestly, I don't have too much to say. You know, I think this song's all about, you know, the, the whole album in general is all about, like, going through breakups and, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's all about love. And I, I think this one right here is, you know, letting love, like, having a girl that you are crushed over want her to let you set you free basically you know like let me go basically Mm -hmm. like the line take these chains from me you held my heart ransom set it free yep yep um but my favorite line is promises made in the heat of the night those words were broken under bedroom lights i thought that was a pretty clever yeah, I don't have a favorite on this record, but this was one of those songs that I really, really liked when I first started listening to this album. And this one that kind of like slipped under the radar in recent years for me. But um, I liked how it sounded a bit like Let It Rock. Like the whoa, like that part kind of sounds a bit like the... Oh, yeah, it does, yeah. And Let It Rock. Yeah, sped up a little bit. Yeah, but Let It Rock is, to me, Let It Rock's on like a whole other level compared to this, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Burning for Love, which is... It was technically a third single in some countries to kind of get the album to sell better. Uh, it was released in certain countries October 17th, 1984. Written by John and Richie. Um, so, Roulette was written by, I'm trying to think of all the songs that were written by Richie. Uh, Runaway, Burning for Love, and Come Back and Get Ready. So, gotcha. I think. A lot of Richie was written. I think Richie wrote a lot of this album, or a lot of this song, Burning mm-hmm. for Love. It shows. Um, I like uh, Tico's drive in, in this song. Mm-hmm. The way he comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of my favorites on the album, too. Or, yeah. And then I like the, the back and I say I keep saying back and vocals, but they're so good. You know, like the burning love. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, I think this song's all about des- being desperate for love, no matter the cost. Mm-hmm. Like there's like there's a line: "I've been lied to, you've been cheated, cried to, mistreated, watching you, you want action." You know all those lines. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just let's just use each other because we both can get what we want from each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's how. I mean, you, this is like their first album. They're all young and you know. Yeah. Hormonal and stuff, so, you know. <laughs> what do you... Say again, sorry? 
What do you think of this song? Oh, this is one of my favorites. Um, this one, you know what? When I first heard like the opening riff, it sounded a bit like a couple of riffs in the Deep Purple song Highway Star. So like, and I love that song. I, I think the song, I think they're in, the, I think those songs are in the same key. So when I heard this song, I was like, yeah, I dig it. Um, yeah. I like the, you know, the like that, that intro. Um, yeah. Chorus is great. Um, yeah, just it's a great song all around not too hard Absolutely. to sing either like i try to sing and play like a lot of their songs this one actually isn't that hard to sing oh really i i didn't think it would be especially like the chorus uh it's like eh, you know what like if you could sing, if someone can sing wanted dead or alive pretty well and that's like one of my songs that i play a lot um yeah like on my like i have a private instagram page obviously but like i post videos of like i could do covers of songs um and Sometimes I do Bon Jovi tunes. Uh, I haven't done this one yet, but sometimes I'll like sing it or record it like on a garage band track and just keep it for myself. And I, I think for, for me, it's fun to sing. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't like hurt my voice or nothing. Yeah, I'll sing it later in the shower. There you go. <laughs> uh, the next one is Come Back, uh, written by John Ritchie. Mm -hmm. I really like the edgy guitar sound in the verses. Mm -hmm. I think that's, probably the uh stand up for me what do you what do you think of this song this is one that i never go to but if it comes on like while i'm listening to the record i won't skip it and then after i'm done i'm like yeah that was a good tune but like then then i like go back to like acting like i never heard it before after i've done listening to it and then i listen again I'm like oh yeah this is a good one you know yeah it's goodness yeah. always comes back to me i guess yeah th this, would probably, <laughs> this would probably be my least favorite but i do like it yeah I, the way I interpret the song is, I think it's about being blind, be, being blindsided during while you're in love with someone, mm -hmm. being cheated on, and in a way, it's kind of a heartbreak song because you still want her despite of what she's done to you. You know, yeah. and, you know, the words come back. You know, mm. um, I really like the line, "You play with words, play with love. It's just your silly way. I'm a fool because I need you by my side again." Yeah. You know, pretty much saying I'm ready to get hurt again because mm -hmm. I'm madly in love. You know? Yeah. It's like you forget all the bad stuff and you just remember the good. And you're like, oh no, I want you back either way. But, you know. Exactly. Final track is Get Ready, which was written by John and Richie. Mm -hmm. This is probably the third best song on the album. Mm -hmm. um, I think this would be great as a show opener. You know? I play this during my workouts, and it pumps me up like crazy. I love it. I wish they opened with it on the Circle Tour, because I think the Circle Tour and, and the one in 2011, they did so many new, like, they. I think they opened up with Captain Crash one time. They opened, yeah. They, if they opened up with Get Ready, that would have been cool. Like, you know. I know. I think it, it'd be so good. Um, I really like, and I think this is, it's a great way to end the album, too, you know? And it's mm -hmm. one of those fine songs. It, it kind of breaks away from the entire album of it being you know if you take out runaway this whole album's all about coming from a breakup and yeah. you know and get ready is kind of like one of those fun songs that you just enjoy having fun you know party song mm -hmm. i really like the bridge in the song especially like after the guitar solo when you know john's like ha oh yeah yeah and yeah. then things come on over and over and over Mm -hmm. And and then the way he screams going into the final chorus, 
Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot closer. Uh, yeah, what I inter, you know, let me let me let me look at the lyrics real quick. Um, you know, the way the the lyrics, I think it's just about I'm the best for your love type thing. You know, mm -hmm. like like first verse. You need someone to make it last. No Romeos who love and leave you fast. They fade away. Tonight you're not going to be alone making love on the telephone. Baby, babe, if you can hold on, I'm going to take you all the way tonight. I like him down in Mary, so hold on tight. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's amazing the shift of tracks two to eight. Mm -hmm, you know, how mm -hmm. they're like sappy love songs in a way. And yeah. then you go and get ready and you know, I like them down and dirty, so hold on tight. You know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the yeah, this this uh, record would have definitely um, like it would have been better if it had like more diverse subject matter. Like even for a yeah. beginning of the band, I'm not expecting a "We Weren't Born to Follow" or a "Blood in the Water" on this record, obviously. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think it's, I think I like the album. Yeah. yeah, you know what though? Name a band that had a, a very successful first album. I mean, this album still sold quite a few copies, but name a band that released a, uh, their first album and it, it was a huge success. Maybe nowadays, but before social media and, and stuff, you know, this yeah. is just a stepping stone album. You know, it was an album mm. where they tested out different things, and there's a reason why John hates it. Right. Yeah. I think U2's first album, Boy, did very well, I think, too. Um, just like I'm, I'm, I know some bands kind of flopped on their first record, but like, at least in, from the bands that I listened to, like, Boy did pretty well. Um, I think Led Zeppelin 1 did pretty well for them back in the 60s. But these are like one off, you know, like these are just like bands that eventually became so great, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the band eventually found their sound and, you know, mm -hmm. semi Hunter wasn't that much better, but it was, mm -hmm. you know, stepping stone to something yeah. common great. I actually think so, the debut is better than 7800, actually. Really? See, I was going to ask you. I think the 7800 album is a little better than the debut. Yeah, it's just because I, I think I like, I, it's, well, it's like, I like fewer, like, the songs that, the songs that I do like on 7800, I like more than most of the ones on this one, but there's only, like, a few. Like, I love Hardest Part is the Night and uh, Tokyo Road. Okay. Yeah. Mine would be probably the Hardest Part is the Night, or, no, um, Price of Love. Yeah, I said I I don't know I don't like dislike that song, but that one like I never really got like into. But who knows? Yes. Maybe that's the truth. There is a lot of the same Richie techniques on that album, though. I always thought debut in seven hundred was very heavy Richie, which is great. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. And you can tell a lot of the same guitar sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, well, anyway, don't hang up. I'm gonna end the recording. But uh, <laughs> I had a blast chatting with you about this album. Yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah. So thanks for coming on. I hope you stay safe. I'm going to end the recording, so don't hang up just yet, okay? All right. All right. Thanks, buddy.